Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. And I'm not going away with some dirty Norman punts to spit all over me. When he spits over me, I'm Ladies and gentlemen, broadcasting from beautiful South Bermondsey, this is Achtung Millwall. Welcome ladies and gentlemen, welcome one and all, welcome to a slightly depressed Zampa Road on a beautiful sunny afternoon, it's got to be said. Beautiful white fluffy clouds above the docker stand, sunshine illuminating the far side of the pitch from where I sit. Um, nevertheless, the club is in a depressive state. Why? We're sitting 20th in the, in the table, dear listener. You know that already, probably. Just uh, out of the relegation zone above Oldham by uh, minus two goals. Uh, we've got uh, my, two goals better than Oldham, uh, the goal difference for Oldham. A poor situation, the league table, it's going to have to be said, does not lie. We, we are here after a poor display against Bolton last Tuesday night. Uh, another home loss. Um, we're going to take a little break now and have a, a quick match report from Tuesday night's uh, disaster. We'll be right back after these words from last Tuesday night. Meine Damen und Herren, Achtung, Milwei. It's a cold Tuesday evening at the Den. First hint of autumn, they have winter lurking. Winter is coming, they say on the Game of Thrones. Here we are at Millwall for the visit of Bolton Wanderers in this League One clash. Bolton have started well this season. They're up in the top uh, top six, I believe. The Lions, obviously, and just above the bottom four. Uh, game just kicked off. Lions unchanged from Saturday. It's uh, Jordan Archer in goal. Back line of uh, Craig and Webster in central defence. Marlon Romeo and Joe Martin across the middle. We've got uh, Sean Williams, Callum Butcher. Uh, Fred's on the right and Ben Thompson persists in this unfamiliar left-sided role up front. Dynamic duo Lee Gregory, Steve Morrison. It's uh, game's just kicked off. We're not going to do a full report. It's an early chance straight into the box. This is Gregory back across the goal block slightly in a way. So we're not going to do a full report tonight. This is a midweek show. We're going to be picking this up on Saturday. And um, we'll be back at half-time with a little bit more tittle-tattle about what happens in this first half. See you later. Well, just two minutes. I said I'd be back half time. I'm back two minutes in, two and a half minutes in. Quality goal from Bolton's point of view. One nil up. Distant strike right side of the penalty area, outside the penalty area. Floated into the top right hand corner past Jordan. I was just flailing arms. So that's a poor start for the Lions, isn't it? Nil one, two, three minutes just clicking past. 
23 minutes from the clock, halfway through the first half. It's still nil-nil, uh, Bolton one. Uh, lines have not looked too bad overall. There was a defensive error to allow that early, early goal. Um, some are saying Jordan Archer was at fault. I think he probably was for allowing such a long, long-distance effort in. As it is, the lines not looking totally out of it. It's been very much more Millwall than Bolton for this first half of the first half, shall we say? We'll review where we stand at half-time, though. At the moment, the lines behind one-nil. Well, there it is, half-time, dear listeners. It remains Mill-Nil, Bolton 1. The two teams separated by that early long shot from Bolton, just outside the penalty area. Some good play by Mill, to be fair, during the course of that first half. Some good interchange between Fred and Romeo going down the right side. Um, other good performance from Ben Thompson, his unfamiliar left side, and also, of course, Steve Morrison. Um, Jordan Archer at full for the goal. Possibly, I'll need to see it again. As it is, if it only wasn't for that pesky early goal then you'd say that was a pretty good first half of football by the Lions. As it is, we are in a little bit of stuck at half-time. We'll be back after the break to see what else transpires. So the second half's kicked off. Lions are taking the cold bone lane in, in, the, in this cold second half. It's quite a chilly night. Still a goal behind, obviously, after the half-time break. No changes that I can see. Let's hope for a little bit of warmth on the pitch to warm the fans up, the sparse fans sitting in the stands. We'll be uh, back later at a midway point and full time to let you know how it's getting on. Halfway through the second half, 65 minutes, dear listeners. Not a huge amount of mill action to report, but the place has livened up in the last few minutes. A little bit of mill pressures, a little flick on there there from Morrison towards Fred. That's going to go out for a throw in. Um, no clear-cut chances in the first half of the second period. Lions pressing falls in the last few minutes, though. It remains nil-nil Bolton 1 as we go into the 66th minute. Well, 85 minutes, I think it's game over. Bolton just gone 2-0 up. Fairly simple tap, slam home from a corner, headed down, slammed home by the, the full team, I think it is. Um, caught it well enough. Uh, it's gone through bodies um, into the net. Um, should those bodies have got in the way of the shot? Yes, they fucking well should have. Cold night, 2-0 down, and you can hear the Bolton fans singing away up to my left. So there you go. There's your final whistle, Mill nil, Bolton Wanderers 2. Fair result overall, to be absolutely fucking honest with your listeners. Uh, we went behind early. Never really looked like getting ourselves back into it. At times, we huffed and puffed through the first half. A um, little bit of pressure towards the mid to late part of the second half, but nothing very much. And the second killer goal late in the game, 85 minutes. Overall, um, poor show by the Lions, poor display in my opinion. Um, we looked a little bit out, out-muscled and certainly out-fault. Out-fault and out-fault. So there we are, midweek result, lost 2-0 to Bolton Wanderers. Meine Damen und Herren, Achtung, Milwei. There you go, a home loss, disappointing home loss. Not, not bad in moments, Millwall, but by no means um, anywhere near acceptable as a team performance. Some good combination down the right side on Tuesday, certainly in the first half at least, where we weren't too bad from Marlon and from Fred. Um, Fred, probably one of Fred's better games in a Millwall shirt, but overall, we are where we deserve to be. We're going to have to say it. I, I don't think that you can argue the league table. 13 games have gone. 
and we are one place above relegation and I, well, who knows what's going to come out of today's game. We're playing Fleetwood at home. They come into today's game on a little bit of a run of form, a few wins I believe. Haven't followed their season but I was reading online earlier today. They got a few wins under their belt and we can't buy a win at the moment, dear listeners. Question marks? Yes, of course, there are question marks over Neil Harris's management. Um, last week's win up at Northampton was um, fortunate, scrappy. Um, some will argue with me on that score, and I want Neil to succeed like you do, like everyone does. Who doesn't want one of the club's greatest ever players to succeed in management? But the question marks remain. Is he up to it, dear listeners? Is he good enough? Does he have the, the tactical nous to change things? and things aren't going our way. I don't think he's got many more games to play with, if I'm going to be honest. I don't think that we can afford to be in the relegation zone at Christmas. Um, it's now what, October 22nd, so um, possibly um, he's going to have the, the benefit of November to try and dig our way out of this. Let's hope he can do it today against Fleetwood Rovers. Fleetwood, Fleetwood Town. <laughs> Who's Fleetwood Rovers? Achtung, Milwaukee. Today's Millwall team is Jordan Archer in goal. He's not looked half the goalkeeper he did last season. Um, Captain Tony Craig and um, Byron Webster in the middle. Then on either side of them, you're going to have Harlan on the right. And I'm going to guess Shane Ferguson on the left. Returning Shane Ferguson to first team duty. Across the middle, we have Aidan O'Brien on the wing. Ferguson behind him. On the other side, we have Fred on your dimmer. Sorry, I'm saying a bit. I'm trying to. The, the, the teams aren't putting any kind of tactical order anymore. They're, they're kind of jumbled up, aren't they? In number order, which I think is an absolute nonsense. In the middle, we're going to have Sean Williams and Ben Thompson. Good to see him back in central defence, uh, central midfield. Up front, Steve Morrison and Lee Gregory. Sorry if I sound a little bit nasal, a little bit incoherent. I've got a bit of a bug. I've got the old sore throat last night. I've got the, uh, the snivelly nose. Uh, and I'm a little bit all over the place. A bit like the old football club, don't I? So I apologise to you in advance, dear listeners. Sitting on the bench, Tom King, Joe Martin, Sean Hutchinson, he does exist. David Worrell, who can't get a start for love nor money. Greg Wilde, who uh, may or may not exist as a person. Callum Butcher, dropped from Tuesday night show, and Jimmy Abdu. Sparse-looking crowd in the, in the stadium today. It was very sparse on Tuesday night. The official crowd, I think, was something in a region of 8,000, which uh, I believe is where the club used this kind of odd um, counting people who don't turn up um, system for, for season ticket holders. Today's crowd at the moment, I'll be betting around 5,000 at the moment in the side of the stadium. And you can hear the teams coming out onto the pitch behind me. Clubs adrift. Why is it adrift? Where is it going? The, the, some will blame the board. Some will blame the off-field shenanigans with, with Lewisham Council. Some will blame not replacing the likes of Mark Beavers, who left us after the Wembley um, disaster in May. Um, probably that and everything else. Um, there's certainly something wrong at Mill Football Club at the moment, and that is, in all honesty, reflected in our league table position. Tactically, we are one-dimensional. We, we looked a little bit better on Tuesday night in patches, but at the end of the day, it's a results business, and it's results, dude, isn't it? Look at the results. Achtung, Mailball. Fleetwood wearing Arsenal colours, red shirts, white sleeves, white shorts, red stockings, Arsenal kit, they play at Highbury, they seem to be Arsenal fixated Northerners. The Cod Army they call themselves, after the uh, decimated British fisher in the fishing industry. A fair play to them for retaining some vestiges of heritage as to who they are and where they come from. A northern suburb of Blackpool, I believe, a fishing, fishing town. Mark Mitchfield posting on Twitter before today's game says this could be a pivotal game in Mill's season. We can't really afford a third home defeat in a row, says Mark. Make you right there, Marky. 
and Adam King is really struggling to motivate himself to go Millwall today. To be honest, I can't be bothered, I'll still go, though that is the problem. So it's a contradictory statement. He, he can't be bothered to go, but he will go. No, I, I kind of know that split personality, schizophrenia, I think it's called. Fleetwood managed by Uwe Rossler, of course, who was uh, Wigan manager at one point. I think he's done the rounds. He was at QPR at one stage as well. Um, always a highly rated manager, and he seems to be... Um, it's fallen through the cracks to, to Fleetwood, of all places. Um, as I understand, they're, they're, what, six at the table at the moment, aren't they? So um, he must be doing something right there. Leadership that we could do with? Hmm, there's, there's the $64,000 question for you. Aidan O'Brien speaking on, um, on the news at Den after Tuesday night's sad loss. Was, says he's down and sad too. The players were down. Well, so they deserve to be Aidan after that poor show, mate. We had a lot of chances to score, he says, but their keeper made a few good saves. Unfortunately, the business of football is you need to score those chances. So here we are, going to line up for kickoff now. Lions going to be attacking the away end. There's a coach load of Fleetwood fans come down. Fair play to them. I'm not knocking that. Uh, Coldblow Lane end is, if it's a quarter full, I think it'd be, uh, be uh, you know, generous. The ground, the ground has a very flat feel to it, as you can hear behind me. And away we go. It's Fred going down the right-hand side. The goalkeeper's come out to clear it. Fred and Romeo combined very well for me on Tuesday night, especially in the first half where we didn't look half a bad side at least. Second half we looked like um, when you're a kid and you're fighting the big boy and he's got his, head, his hand on your forehead and you're flailing punches that aren't going anywhere near him. That's what we looked like in the second half against Bolton. But certainly Romeo and Fred looked, looked okay. Actually, this is Thompson over by the right-hand side corner. That's a Skidding little cross, it's taken easy enough by the goalkeeper, but there was a moment of um, seizure with, as it was coming in towards goal there. So it was one minute on the clock now for that opening cross from the Lions. O'Brien talking to News at Den again, says he thought Beavs, Beavs was excellent. Good chance here, yeah, that's going to be a throw in for Fleetwood as I'm waffling about Beavs. Fuck Beavs, really, I, think, I suppose. But anyway, Aiden thought he was excellent. And everyone had a little word with Beavers after the game, before and after the game. So that's nice, isn't it? Or even gave him three points as well. That's, that's really, really nice, Mill. Thank you, boys. Harris, reckon we lacked a creative spark against Bolton. Um, I think someone will tell him we've lacked a creative spark for some time because our one, one dimensional attack, which I don't have a problem if it's mixed up, is to launch it towards Steve Morrison. Um, we don't get enough men down the wings, we don't get to the byline, we don't cross back enough. So. Yes, that's where the creative spark comes from, Neil. If you can work on that in training, mate, I'd make it uh, a critical imperative, I think, is the modern management term. Just noticed today sees the return of Martin Walford playing for Fleetwood now. Martin Walford, number 23, up, up uh, on the wing, I guess. For yeah, There he is over there, on, on, over on the far side, on the docker side from where I sit. Martin Walford, not a bad servant for the club. Never exactly set anyone alight, but he didn't, didn't let us down for me. He was, he was a Mr Average, but... Um, so he's drawing no reaction whatsoever, which maybe speaks volumes because uh, both James Henry and Mark Beavers took a little bit of abuse and flack on Tuesday night, which maybe makes uh, shows how they made a difference at the club in a way that Wolford never ever did. The club has a very League One feeling about it. Now that's going to sound a stupid thing to say, given that we are indeed in League One. But my mind is going back to the late 90s era. Any of you listeners old enough to remember the late 90s prior to um, the classic Tim Cahill promotion, Neil Harris promotion, 1999-2001. Um, towards the latter part of the 90s, we became very much a third division club with small crowds, small ambitions and a squad to, to match. And at the moment, despite um, the hype of these young players coming through into their side and Marlon has his moments, Jordan has his moments and Ben has his moments, I think that we have a, a, a League One third division feel and mentality about us. We don't, um, we don't seem to be aiming any higher than that. 
and um, I'm reminded of, uh, if anyone's watched the excellent TV series, the, uh, the Night Of on Sky Atlantic, uh, there's a scene where Michael Kenneth Williams in Rikers Island says to Riz Ahmed, who's just been interred there, life in there ain't so bad, is it? And it's a bit like that in League One. We're in a, in a prison of League One. And some people around the club, I think, are starting to accept that life ain't so bad in League One, is it? Like being in Rikers Island for the rest of your life. Kind of an institutionalised life, you know what I mean? Where you don't have to do an awful lot of thinking when you're in Rikers Island. And I think that's how some in the club quite like it in League One. No big games, nothing to um, really trouble there comfortable little lives they'll deny that to, to their blue in the face but um, that's how it seems at times today apparently is club chief exec Andy Ambler's last game as in that role he's moving on to a gilded the gilded palace of sin at the uh, FA putting some high power job there high wage and got Steve Cavanaugh from Southend who's taken over there's a little move forward as is Fred into the box it bounces around the eight clears um, Steve Cavanaugh takes over. I don't know a thing about him. Um, we don't know what to expect, but the running of our club at times is both, it's both... In turns, it makes you weep, and then we'll get the community stuff so right that it makes you cry and turn in a different direction. Oh, there's a ball bouncing up high there. The six scuffed it like Toblerone boots. It falls now to Aidan O'Brien on the left-hand side of the penalty area. Eight minutes. It's not been an awful lot happening in the first eight. Here's the first real mill attack worthy of mention. This is Shane Ferguson, takes on his man, he, he kind of checks, this is Ben behind him. And the ball is uh, played depressingly back to Byron on the side of the half and lumps it forward. There's a, we haven't seen that before, Byron, lumps it forward at, at, at Fred. Falls, and it's going to be a free kick to Fleetwood. There, there, was, there was a hint of something and nothing happened, and I think that sums up Mill's form at the moment. Hint of something, nothing really happening. There was an online poll, I don't know if you saw it on Twitter, um, what makes you keep coming back to Millwall? And I think that the, the options given were um, club loyalty, um, force of habit, and one was madness, so clearly madness won it. Um, it was 80% it was for madness and uh, I mean, club loyalty and, and uh, force of habit all come together in that one definition of madness, really. There's no logic to um, us all coming down here today. In truth, it's um, your, your, force, your habits, aren't you? What's that... Um, psychological um, philosophy is that, is that cognitive behavioural therapy that you are nothing more than a collection of habits I don't know, probably Jung, Jung is it Jung? I don't know, fuck knows I'm, make, I, I'm told I have to make stuff up and make it sound authoritative, so I'm going to make it up I'm going to make it up that Jung said that we are nothing more than a collection of habits, it might have been Freud who said it but um, that's why we keep coming back to Millwall, Jungian Jungian Freudian habit forming and we'll want to probably kill our father and sleep with our mother or something, I don't know all that kind of stuff. Yeah. As you can tell from all this old toffee I'm coming out with, 10 minutes have gone in the game and basically a load of nothing has happened here, isn't it? A load of zero. Coming up for 11 and a half minutes, a little bit of pressure from Millwall. First little hint of um, the sunshine that's illuminating that far side in, in footballing terms. It's like the fifth dimension, they let the sunshine flood in. Let the sunshine flood in. It's the age of Aquarius. It's the age of Kavanaugh, Steve Kavanaugh, the new chief exec, not Aquarius, Steve Kavanaugh. Flags fluttering in the gentle breeze today, the old St George's Cross in the middle, there's a two mill flags and the St George's Cross in the middle, looks a little bit like it could do with a run through in the washing machine. No one seems to have thought of that for this season at least, it could do with a wash. Nice little reverse pass there towards Greg from Morrison. Mill just showing a little bit more brightness at the moment than Fleetwood, but those could be famous last words. There's a ball forwards towards their... Uh, Died blonde-haired forward. He looks like he's come from the Classics Nouveau. 
80s band there, one of your two older listeners. They had a blonde there, dyed blonde, peroxide lead singer. It's kind of look the uh, Fleetwood strikers going for, a classics nouveau look. Ball into the box, 15 minutes, there's a back, back post cross there. There was the striker lurking behind Marlon Romeo, lurking with dangerous intent. As it is, it's flicked behind for a Fleetwood head. There was a little moment of uh, menace there from Fleetwood. Crowd trying to excite a little bit or ignite a little bit of um, action on the pitch. It's 18, 19 minutes coming up. Absolutely nothing to report to you, dear listeners. It's a, it's a poor game. Let's, let's say that. It's a poor game of football. Um, the line's looking marginally the brighter, but that isn't saying an awful lot. Just think about the word Fleetwood. Obviously, Fleetwood being a town, northern suburb of Blankpool. But um, also, of course, Mick Fleetwood of Fleetwood Mac. Um, I remember when I was... In my late teens, a mate of mine bought there a Fleetwood Mac brought out a double album called Tusk, which I think had the reputation of being the most expensively produced album ever at that time. And um, my mate, uh, mate Yarksy, his name was Yarksy, <clears throat> his logic for buying it was that um, because it was the most expensively produced album of all time, it therefore must be the best album of all time. He bought it. The fact that it wasn't was blind by the fact he gave it away to me. I listened into it, I thought it was the most boring, shittiest album I've ever heard. Only one decent track on there, that was the lead track called Tusk. But I've never ever forgotten that album, even though it's one of the most forgettable Fleetwood Mac albums from band with a fairly forgettable career, mostly apart from one or two of the big hits. But I do remember Albatross, which I think was the early incarnation of Fleetwood Mac. Albatross was an instrumental, and it was only late in life that I learned that that was actually a Fleetwood Mac song, because I'd only knew, known of it through an album my old dad had bought down at Phillips and Deer in Mottingham Road which was like a, 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 an easy listening Hawaiian version of Albatross, as in kind of sunsets in South Sea Islands. And um, it was a nice tune, but I didn't realise until quite a quite advanced point in my life that that actually was a, a Peter Green Fleetwood Mac um, blues, kind of British blues kind of number. I always thought it was just a, an easy listening number from Blue Hawaii. 23 minutes gone. Mill pressing, but not, not carving out any, any clear-cut chances at the moment. Here they come again. This is... Craig inside the Fleetwood half, he lumps it forward towards Morrison. Number three physically man marks him out of that game there. This should be producing space for other, other players, according to Morrison in the News of Den a couple of weeks ago. Here's Ferguson on the left-hand side. Little passing the ball around, waiting for the lump. It's gone all the way back to Jordan Archer, who will get the chance to lump. Plays it out wise to Shane Ferguson, 24th minute. Ferguson's going down the left-hand side, it's a real chance to get something going here, Ferguson tries to get towards the byline, he cuts it back, that's a glanced header away, Thompson takes on the edge of the post, that's going to be a free kick, clips as he went past the 23, which is Walford, going to be a real free kick, just right at the D, outside the penalty, and he gets a yellow card, Martin Walford draws a yellow card and he's returned to the den, so it's going to be Sean Williams, that takes, shot from distance, tipped over the bar, nice shot, nice save, 25 minutes, first real chance of the game, nice effort, probably just wanted a little bit more power on it, to have a real chance, but as it was, a decent save by the Fleetwood goalkeeper. This is Ben Thompson is going to have a go from distance. It's a skidding shot, just about a yard wide the left side post. Not a bad effort, not, not accurate enough, but a um, decent enough shot from distance by Ben Thompson, 26 minutes. Something Ben Thompson does do in the middle, he produces energy, he'll have a go, he's game for everything, and that really was what we missed a little bit on Tuesday night. We just had a little bit of a flatness, which um, at the moment, as the halves progressed at least, we, we've, we've kind of got our mojo back a little bit in this game. Mid-half tweets for you whilst there's little balls in the game. Tone Hill says Harris needs to send someone up the up some Harris needs to send someone up into the stand. 
don't think he's seeing what we see. We run down the wing, but we don't cross. We pass and pass, but no shots. Shoot, for fuck's sake. No, <laughs> I don't know what you mean, Tone, but um, we, we can't slag him off for the direct stuff and then moan when he passes the ball. But at the moment, we are. I think we're, we're not far off uh, having a, a half-decent performance, but obviously still time to go in this. Come to 30 minutes, Mill throwing. Lost it in towards Fred, he's bouncing around, he's, he, he, he was held there, it's a penalty. That was a real, yeah, that was, that's the correct decision. Fred, uh, throwing from the uh, right-hand side, Fred nodded over his man, who held him back inside, clearly inside the penalty. And my thought as I saw it was penalty, referee saw it too, 30 minutes, nil penalty, Lee Gregory to take. Might still be of inventiveness by Fred though, he's been improving game by game, I'm liking the look of him more and more, almost recovering some of his early promise. Good to see. So here goes Gregory. Lines up to take. That's one nil to Millwall. Bottom left hand side along the deck. Nicely finished. Penalty lead Gregory in the, in the true Gregory style. One nil Millwall. 30 minutes. 30 enough minutes. Come down to the jet. I always want to be a pub singer. They don't have pub singers in the old fashioned way, do they? It's all music streaming. What happened to the old school pub singers? The ones you got down the old Kent Road that couldn't sing for Toffee. 31 minutes, Millwall 1, Fleetwood Town 0. Fleetwood spread play, rightwards is the 2, plays it into the middle. This is the 11 from the edge of the box, about 3 mil bodies in front. And their move breaks down, they recover possession. This is the 2 on the right hand side, 34 minutes. That's been put out nicely enough by Ben Thompson. No real threat, they, they, when they spread the play wide and then get the ball into the middle, we, we, we haven't looked as fragile as we have done in recent games, but we don't look exactly 100% uh, solid. We're 40 minutes, uh, Mill looking value for their one goal lead. We're, I think we've looked the brighter of the two sides, it's not been exactly a football extravaganza, to, in all honesty, but um, certainly of the two mediocre sides, we have looked the better of the, med the, the, better of the mediocre. Um, Fleetwood haven't shown much, that said, they have got the ball out wide on a few occasions and ball across our penalty. This is Mill on the attack as I'm talking, ball into the mix there by Fred, That's, uh, to no one. It's going to fall to Steve Morrison, I'll stay with this whilst that's going to be our Fleetwood throw. Little scuff clearance there from a ball back by Tony Cray. It falls to the 34 on the edge of the penalty. Here's the 11. Shot now from 23. That's going to be wide. That was Mulford. It was about five yards wide in the event. It was a clear shot on goal. Um, poor clearance there by uh, Jordan Archer. I suppose he would argue that it was a poor back pass by Tony Cray. That was an opportunity for Fleetwood there. 41 minutes. Incidentally, I don't know if you've seen... A, there's an interesting story. I found it interesting in a nerdy kind of way, but the um, viewing figures on Sky for their Premier League coverage are down 19%, um, I think it was, from the same time last season. And I did read in, in, on some of the American sites that the NFL view, viewing figures in the, in the well, worldwide, not just the USA, but NFL and Premier League, the two big um, behemoths of world sport, both are TV viewing down, um, which is an interesting thought. Um, I mean, many, many take great comfort. I'm reminded of the uh, I went on a union course a few few months ago where there were guys almost waiting for the, uh, the proletarian revolution to come and it's a little bit like that with um, Sky TV, I think the revolution never seems to come. And um, but anyway, there we are, I don't know what I'm waffling on about with that, but uh, it's almost like people, the, the against modern football people want Sky to, you know, to, to have, a, have a lesser a fail or have a lesser impact in the game. One minute over time there. So yeah, viewing figures down for the big, the big sports of the world. Um, not sure what that says. Maybe it's, it speaks something for the uh, the kind of corporate kind of entertainment values of, of what football's become. 
Um, it doesn't seem to be a sport in quite the way I remember it when I was a, a youngster. It seems to be part of the kind of celebrity culture that we, we have now, which has its ups and its downs. So um, maybe it's part of that. I don't know. But um, certainly I wouldn't, want, I wouldn't get ready yet for the, um, the return of old-fashioned um, old fashioned 1980s football. I don't think that's going to happen. But it's half-time. Uh, Lions leading at 1-0, which is um, a good thing. Um, not a huge amount of footballing action that is really worth the uh, worth noting in that first half. Fleetwood haven't looked much. Um, we've looked a little bit better than that. We've um, we shown more more hint of promise going forwards. We seem to be passing it a little bit more. We're trying to get the ball out wide. I, I would like to see our wingers get um, further forwards before they cross the ball. But thanks to that Lee Gregory well taken penalty in the first half, we we lead it, and that in itself is all it's going to come come down to at the moment. We are in a results driven situation and less so the performance so at the half time break it's Millwall 1 Fleetwood Town 0 you're listening to Achtung Millwall half-time tweets your favorite part of the show in it eh? in it in it in it tone hill still going on a little bit i'm afraid tone says get o'brien off we might as well only have 10 players um i don't think we've been that bad we haven't been brilliant but um we haven't been that bad tone for me um, a little bit more mixing it up um we i know you've already knocked the uh, the passing for no no point but what's the alternative lump it forwards which is what we've all been going on about all season so jay shaw says he's been suitably impressed so far mixing the play up says jay we should be winning. I think this must have been before the, the penalty. He posted that. Jack TK says he's not seen many games as bad as this one. Um, oh, well, I think I have, Jack. I think I have, mate. Mark Richfield moaning. He's, he's, he's doing some work now for the South London Press. He's taken the shilling of the, of the, of the, of the gutter press. Mark, I'm sure their fees make it, make it worthwhile, mate. Um, he says Gregory's penalty separates the two sides and he's got to write 850 words on this. I, I wish you luck there, mate. Craig Jones asked him to pad it out of a whimsical story from his childhood and, uh, and compare how it doesn't compare with his turgid display. Johnny Suntan says, given the amount of time the ball has spent in the air, next season's sponsors will be a Avios. Must, must, there must be a joke in there. I'm not getting John. Avios, is that, a, is that a kind of an airline or something? I don't know. Good, good gag, good gag. Liam O'Connor says he's been going to Mill for about 15 years now and Liam has never seen a first half of football as awful as that down there. I, I, I don't think it's been that bad, Liam. I mean, it's not been exactly exhilarating, I will accept that. Um, and it's not been, um, you know, by no means a game for the purists, but I've seen worse. I have seen a lot worse than that. I think we are the better of two fairly average sides, that's for sure. But, blimey, I've seen a lot worse than that, mate. And Jay Shaw's replied to my post, which I've said not much to trouble a quiet afternoon then. And Jay is slightly disagreeing with me. Um, he thinks we've played half decent, not one dimensional, and we could have been leading by more. Lever on the uh, club scoreboard that Millwall Football Club supporting a, a scheme called Sugar Smart. This is one of the great things that our club does, linked up with local health trusts. I think even Lewisham Council, unbelievably, given the recent history. But this is an initiative to try to get kids, but all of us, myself included to reduce the amount of sugar that we eat which um, is obviously one of the most destructive drugs known to mankind beats heroin cocaine and the rest for in terms of a life-threatening uh, thing but it also makes life a little bit more interesting so i'm probably not going to take an awful lot of part in that fantastic initiative there's a contradiction in terms fantastic initiative for other people to do sugar smart well done mill football club for taking part in that 
Christmas party night being advertised. Oh, I don't know about that. £20 a person for a Christmas party night at the Den, 7pm till midnight, DJ and Buffet, the Millwall Disco. Um, yeah, good luck to you if you enjoy that. That's all I'm going to say. Great, that's great if you enjoy that kind of thing. I don't think I'm going to be there for it, though, listeners. I'm sorry. I can't see me making it. I think I might be watching television that night or something. The man in block 11, just to finish off the half-time tweets, the man in block 11 says it was a dreadful first half. If you didn't know who the keepers were, you would have struggled to guess which direction the teams were playing. That's the man in block 11 for you. He's harsh, but I like him. Meine Damen und Herren, Achtung, Milwei. Half-time break. Mill team seems to be taking an inordinately long time to come out. The uh, Fleetwood side have been kicking the ball around for at least, well, it seems about five minutes. There they come out last, the Lions. Whether that's mind games or not, I don't know, but it was a long, long stretch that Fleetwood had been on the pitch for, and the Lions have been sat in the dressing room. So maybe some, um, you know, kind of Pep-style, uh, Jose Marino-style mind games there from Neil Harris. Second half underway. Fleetwood attacking the, the away end. The Lions... Heading towards a cold blow lane into the second half. The floodlights illuminating the darkening skies now. We're coming towards the uh, clocks going back weekend, I believe. Is it this weekend? Or next weekend? I can't, uh, can't remember. But it's getting towards that autumnal time of year, dear listeners, when the grey skies over Bermondsey are illuminated only by the floodlights of the den. Fantastic time of year. A little bit of extra form from the lines would be, would be wonderful too. Ball four from Williams, trying to find Steve Morrison, just on the right-hand side of the Fleetwood penalty area. Uh, Morrison wins a corner, 46 minutes on the clock. First middle opportunity of the second half from this corner. Williams lofts it into the middle. Players go clattering. Referees pointed what? Another penalty. Mill play we're flying now. I can't tell you what happened. He's pointed straight at the spot. Second penalty for the Lions. Remarkable, as they say. Second penalty for the Lions. I can't tell you what happened there. We're going to have to look at that on YouTube. Corner came in. I was following the ball. And then um, play it. two players, a Mill player and a Fleetwood player on the, on, on the ball, on the floor. So I can't tell you what happened there. I'm really, really sorry. As it is going to be another free kick. Uh, free kick. As it is going to be another penalty for Lee Gregory on 47 and a half minutes. Big chance for the Lions to, to seal the game. Goalkeeper's offering him the right side. It's more central now. More central. That's 2-0. Right side for bottom corner. Goal. 2-0. Uh, Gregory on a hat-trick. Nicely, calmly finished. 2-0. Bottom right-hand side of the goal. Goalkeeper went right. <laughs> but goal, goalkeeper went to his right. Gregory shot it into the opposite side. His right. Goalkeeper's left. That makes sense. I'm sorry, I'm not with it. I've got a fucking bug. I'm not with it. I'm trying to do this when I'm not thinking straight. You're going to have to forgive any kind of nonsense. You do anyway. I know you do. I know you do. And I thank you for it. I thank you for it, dear listeners. Long ball out defence. Searching out Gregory. It falls to, to Morrison, who's ball through the middle. Finds Gregory inside the penalty area. Shot straight to the goalkeeper on 49 minutes. That was opportunity to see his hat-trick. Wasted as it was, through, put through very, very well by Steve Morrison. Left hand side of the penalty area, really should have buried it, to be absolutely honest with you. Fleetwood uh, dodge a bullet there. Clearly, the two goal cushion has uh, you know, increased confidence levels considerably, but we're looking bright as the second half um, unfolds. Richard Harris on Twitter, not the axer, he's dead. This is another Richard Harris. 
um, said the first half was Mogadon Monthly. Mogadon Monthly, that's a good name for a magazine. Put you to sleep. Uh, he says he's no idea what the penalty was for, as he had fallen asleep of reading Mogadon, Mogadon Monthly there, clearly, Richard. Thank you for that tweet, mate. It's going to be a Fleetwood corner with uh, Classics Nouveau lead singer, uh, whatever his name is, Ball, David Ball down in front of us, number 10. 54, 55 minutes. <clears throat> Chance for Fleetwood to try and get something here. Craig's taking a clattering. Complaining to the referees, he walks off. Looks like he's been banging, bopped on the nose. Bit of claret, I think. Bit of snot and a bit of claret. And a bit of saliva. I'm speculating. I can't see from where I am what's coming out of his bodily orifices. Um, so it's going to be a corner. We're down to 10 men, temporarily. 34. There's a little number with the 10. It's going to be opportunity now for a central shot from the 80. Blast it high over. High and wide. 55 and a half minutes. Chance for a break here. Byron's got it covered. Don't you worry about that break that I just mentioned. Byron had that covered. Sorted. 57 and a half minutes. A bit more of an open game in the second half, in all honesty. The first was uh, Mogadon Monthly. I'm going to start that up as my new uh, venture, Mogadon Monthly. The most boring magazine you can think of. But the second half is, um, I wouldn't say it's thrills and spills, but it's a lot brighter and a lot more interesting to watch. Exit Martin Walford for Ashley Butter. He's come over a bit of paper. There's some, some new plan now. I don't know what you do with that bit of paper. You must eat it, do you? Do you secrete it out of the toilet afterwards when you come on the picture with a bit of paper? He stuck it in his, stuck it in his sock. That was a, a, obviously a written instructions for his team now. Now in his sock. Gregory can't uh, get that. That's going to go for a goal kick. 59 minutes. It's become a modern thing for football managers to send on players with written instructions. There was a, uh, an online clip of someone nicking someone's instructions off their, out their hand. Um, as they came in the other day. Uh, never used to happen in the olden days, did it? Um, players just came on with verbal instructions. Maybe nowadays players' attention spans are so short, what with the whole PlayStation generation, the social media impact, they can't uh, stay focused. They can't remember one thing at a time. I don't know. They have to be written down and then secreted about your person once it's been brought into play. So 60 minutes, half an hour to go. Lions in control of the game, but those are dread words at the den, aren't they? Dread words, so I won't utter them. Got to say, Fleetwood look a poor side. Some of their passing has been at in beyond inaccurate. Chance for Fleetwood to break out of defence. They've been under the cosh a little bit this second half. They're going to win a free uh, throw-in inside the mill half. A bit of a Fleetwood attack here. A shot from outside the box. That's gone 2-1. Buried from the edge of the penalty area near post. Loose moment on the edge of the penalty area. That's buried by the, um, the 11, I think it was. Good shot, good goal. 2-1. The replay's a little bit of a 1-2 on the edge of the penalty area. Just not challenged on the shot, and he's buried that. Absolutely buried that in the near post. You've got to take your hat off to that kind of finishing, but that's 2-1. That's put a little bit of the um, pressure back on the lines now, as we do. 65 minutes. Yet again, the lines can't seem to get through a game with a clean sheet. Here come Fleetwood, they've suddenly got a little bit of sailing, uh, wind in their sails. There's the three overlapping on the, on the left-hand side, it's ball into the box, that was a chance. That was a chance there, the ball ran loose for a moment, there was a panicky start times to still moment. There's the eight on the edge of the penalty area, he went to the penalty area, he'd be looking for a, a clip. Oh, it's a ball across the box, that's an opportunity there. Spines on the round side of Mill, penalty area, real pressure there from Fleetwood. Ben brings it away and gets clipped and wins a free kick, 72 minutes. Moment there where the Lions defence looked paralysed with fear, um, as it was Fleetwood couldn't take the opportunity to present themselves there. It's an open game, dear listeners. Um, Fleetwood will fancy themselves. The Lions look panicky in defence now. They, they, were, they were looking set. They were looking in control. 
And now we look like um, hysterical in defence. Hysterical, that's a good word for you. Jimmy's coming in, Aidan O'Brien's going out. 75 minutes on the clock, last 15. Bit of midfield solidity, try and steady the ships, try and steady the nerves. Williams floats it across near post, that's Gregory of a free header. Should have done better, should have done better. 81 and a half minutes gone. The mystery green blob on the screen flashes red every so often. It's, it's like a curse of all jumbotrons at the den that they must have bits and pieces go on them and then we don't fix them. There's a green and yellow red blob on the screen. As we used to have with the old one, the bulbs going left, right and centre. So we have now with a new one. Here come Fleetwood. Whilst I'm worrying about that. Nice tackle from Romeo. Cuts out a moment's danger from the 11 there. 82 and a half minutes. Going to go for a, a throw, a middle throw. Ball into the box, that's taken easy enough by Jordan Archer, 85, coming towards the 86th minute of the game. Post here from John Kelly, Suffolk News is John Kelly, he thinks Sean Williams has been manned in a match. He gets back to dispossess Cole, as this is a moment, uh, incident a few minutes ago, as the attacker was about to shoot. Uh, yeah, he's done well actually, Williams has, has been one of those unsung players and um, he, he's, he's really improved his form for me this season. Yeah, he's a bit of a, an island in a, in a sea of mediocrity, but he's certainly done well so far this season and so far in this game, John. I do agree. Wide ball finds Morrison on the left-hand side. He tries to chip the goalkeeper from an, an outrageously tight angle. He takes it easy enough in the event, 89 minutes. Really trying to be inventive, Steve Morrison. He produces these little moments. He'll try stuff. He, he, so last week we saw him shoot from near the halfway line. Back heel earlier on and a little tight angle shot. He'll try anything from anywhere. Stevie Morrison, what a great player. What a great third term at Mill it's been for Steve Morrison. Gregory's going out of the game. Who's this coming in? Number four. Sean Hutchinson's coming into the game. Good applause for our two-goal striker, Lee Gregory. Probably could have had a hat-trick, in fairness. There's a chance straight after the second penalty earlier in, in the half. Done very well today, though. So in comes Sean Hutchinson. Our first chance to see our uh, summer sign. He's been injured ever since. So... Uh, He's gone straight into the uh, central part of defence. Fleetwood with a free kick. Right-hand side of the mill penalty area. Probably about four or five yards outside of the uh, angle of the penalty area. Be a chance for him to get across into the box. All their big men have come forward. All the lines are back. A lot of pushing and shoving in a line of players. A lot of jockeying for position. Ball still waiting over on the right-hand side. In it comes. Angle ball, moment started, Archer came, stopped. Ball on the edge of the mill penalty area, being played around. Still danger, the eight's got it. First six out wide right, he's going to try and cross it in, that's going to be Abdu. Scuffs it, he's still in there. 34 on the edge of the penalty area, shot, that's going to go for corner. Heart stopping stuff. But three minutes of injury time to go. Into the mix, that's headed up, that's going to be uh, Hutchinson gets a flick header on that. Far right side now, Fleetwood recover possession. Pressure on from them at the moment. That sloppy goal earlier has really put the lines under the cosh. We should be coasting, as it is, we're clinging on by our fingernails at the moment. There's ball into the mix there, this is the 22. Tries to turn, he's got Abdu on his, on his um, coattails. Fleetwood retaining possession at the moment, is the 11. The 8 from distance, what's he going to try a shot? That's about a yard wide of the left-hand side post. Moments relief at last. Ball lumped forwards. Going to run through to Jordan Archer. Safely enough in the end. 44 went tumbling. Trying to claim a free kick. He's not going to get it from the, from the referee. Could only be seconds remaining now. There it is. 2-1 the Lions. Valuable, valuable win. Much relieved Neil Harris. It takes the pressure off him slightly. 
Um, not the greatest game of football you'll ever see. It was a better second half than it was the first half. Lions were coasting thanks to two um, penalties, two penalty decisions. The referee played a, a big part in the game in that sense. Um, some slack defensive work allowed them to get back into it. And then we were a little bit clingy on at the end as they pressurised us. So um, in, uh, you can't really um, say it was the best meal performance for a while, but that was a result rather than a performance. So we're going to close out there as the uh, status quo open up behind us. And we're going to be right back after these messages with Mr. Harry Warren. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just $60, bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Meine Damen und Herren, Achtung, Müllweib. Are you tired of having no voice at Millwall? Then why not join the AMS, the Association of Millwall Supporters? The AMS is an independent fan group, meaning they're not directly affiliated with the football club, and therefore they aim to truly represent the fans' best interests. To join the AMS, visit amsgroups.info. That's amsgroups.info. Or if you're on Twitter, go to at a underscore m underscore s underscore group and they will be happy to answer your inquiries all right big welcome on the show now to harry warren welcome back to the show harry uh, good to be back nick how are you so oh i've got a cold <laughs> 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 yesterday I was, I was doing a rambling bit um, and listeners by now will have heard my rambles during the course of yesterday's game but I wasn't with it at all um, and now I've got a cold so um, you've had a rough few days yourself Harry um, I don't know if people will be tuning in it's like, it's like some kind of medical kind of show <laughs> at the moment <laughs> there we are the well, miracles of Lemsip yeah indeed indeed um, 
I'm going to read out a quote. I quite like this quote. It's a little bit sour, and I'm always attracted to the sour quotes on, on Twitter. So um, I'll see what you think. So this is Tom S. Harry after yesterday's 2-1 win. Uh, Tom S. asks, does that win yesterday solve anything? No, we are a shocking football team. We shaded another awful team. Get the champagne out, he says, kind of sarcastically. Um, Fleetwood were a poor side. I think I think we've got to say that to start off with. But I thought there was actually some glimmers of hope in yesterday's performance, without going over the top. I don't know what you made of it, mate. I thought we weren't bad. I didn't think... I thought, obviously, you can only beat what you're playing. And yeah. they were... Uh, I think they had one shot on goal when it went in. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, true. Other than that, the defence didn't look too bad until we decided to bring on eight defenders in four minutes. <laughs> and then, um, yeah, we fucking... We, we looked all right. When we when we went 2-0 up, sort of straight away after the second half, we seemed to knock the ball about actually trying to pass it on the floor. And when we pass it, we're not bad, are we? No. I mean, I'm... it's like a dawning and opening of the door. Fuck me, we can actually play football for five minutes. Well, was... And then we go back to the trusted lump it at two massive centre-halves. But this is it. I mean, there were people <coughs> online, um, one, one chap, Tony Hill, um, during the, yesterday's game, he, he tweeted about we're passing the ball around and going nowhere. And I thought, well, you can't really have it always, can you? You can't criticise Harris for relentlessly long-balling it at Steve Morrison and then when we do try and pass it, and we did try and pass it yesterday to some effect at times, you can't criticise him for that. You can't, can't have your cake and eat it. You've got, you got to... You got to, you know, you got to acknowledge where he's trying to change the, the one-dimensional nature of the side. And I thought we we actually didn't look bad in phases yesterday, in the second half anyway. Yeah, I mean the first half we looked fucking awful, but um, yeah, we uh, I think that's right. But I think that probably shows where we're at. We've got players that can play one way, and some players can't pass the ball. That's that's known. I mean Jimmy Abdu can't play a pass. You no, know that. Can't, so no, no. There's there's players I'm picking Jimmy out, bless him, but there's there's players at the club, Tony Craig, another one, the the, the dastardly Tony Craig. And uh <laughs> we, we fucking we can't they all can't be football players. That's the point. We've we're in League One for a reason. We've got League One player, quality players and you're not gonna knock the ball about like Barcelona. I don't I don't know. Are, we, are these football tourists? Turned up at the den because there was a couple in my fucking block yesterday. I thought, fuck me, what have you come to watch us for? <laughs> Maybe they've got nothing else to do on a cold Saturday afternoon. I don't know, but I make you right. No, we're not going to watch, you know, Pep, you know, style um, pass the ball around and then kill the game off with a couple of brilliant finishes. This is this is the third division, and I I, I said yesterday um, I, I get a very third division sense about our squad at the moment. It doesn't look it, it looks par for the course in this league. Let's put it that way. Um, but no, we did try and pass it. William's got a, a good few mentions online, and I'd, I'd, I'd back it myself. I think I would have picked Gregory as my standout player yesterday, but William's got a lot of praise, rightly so, because he's one player that can pass the ball, Harry. He, he can pick the pass out. He can find the man. And that's, to Neil's credit, that's where he's trying to take it. And I, I think that deserves a little bit of acknowledgement. Yeah, I think, the, I think the three of them worked well, actually, where he was sitting playing yesterday. Give... The worst player on the pitch was Aidan O'Brien by far, but um, other, yeah. than, other than that, I think everyone everyone played okay. I mean, in an average game, when you win, you can't really complain when you win. No, you can't. Think, we shouldn't do. No, it's churlish. Yeah, I agree. So, I think the time. I mean, the, I pick one moment out in the second half. I think Romeo and Fred tried bombing on down the right hand side, and uh, they lost the ball. 
and Webster dropped into the right back position, wins the ball, and instead of looking for an oath, which other defenders, Tony Craig, would uh, <laughs> would try and do, we uh, he passed it into Williams. With Williams had time, space, turned round, one ball over the top, and we got a corner from it, and we got the penalty from that col- from that yeah, yeah. that corner. Yeah, and that's the difference. Now I've got no problems with us playing. A- You've got to try and stretch a team. You can't just whack long balls at teams. You have to actually try and play. So they do have to sit. They can't just go, oh, well, fuck it. We'll go deeper and we'll just head the ball away and we'll come and get a point and hit them on the break. We've got to almost, you've got to coax teams out. Teams know what we're going to do. But if you do something different, you obviously, you just they start to second guess themselves. We did that last season and we haven't done it so far this season. No, we, And we... yesterday in bits, we did do that in the second half. We're getting the ball out wider. Um, I'd like to see Shane Ferguson getting a little bit further forwards. I think he's he's crossing from too deep for me at times from that left back position. I know that maybe needs must when the squad is um, you know a, a little bit thin, but I just uh, for me he doesn't get far enough to the byline to cross backwards. Um, but that's a, a you know as you say a win's a win. So you know it feels a little bit um, scratchy to to pick a pick the, the squad up, but that's a criticism I'd make. Um, the Fred combo, the Marlon and Fred combo, I think is looking very promising, Harry. I, I really like the look of it, actually. Some of those one-twos down that right side, you know, we're, we're, we're kind of creating space and opening, opening up a, a defence that on other days we would have struggled with. Yeah, I think I think Romeo's a good player. We, we saw that straight away last season, even with uh, when he was linking up last season. I mean, his goal against Walsall away from home was a, was a one-two and run back in. They seemed to... They both like doing that, so Fred can do it, and so can Romeo. Now, and Morrison sort of's going out to that. What now when Morrison goes out to play Morrison the winger role? Um, we we actually have someone who can run past him and go on and get inside. Yeah. So I think I think it's good. Good. The only problem is we ain't got anything on the other side, so they sort of work out that we're only got sort of a partnership on one side, and then we've got Ferguson and A N Nava or A O B the prick. Um, doing doing absolutely nothing. I, I've decided, right? So everyone can coat Tony Craig. I can t- coat Heath and O'Brien. <laughs> that's your choice. That's your choice. Yeah, that's it. Because he's got a bit of Jody Morris syndrome. You know, the run around, do nothing, and point and tell everyone else what they should be doing, and then let two people walk past him. I mean, for the goal, the gut for their goal, Ferguson tried to clear a ball, and Aidan O'Brien lets it like trickle past him into the into the path of the Fleetwood player who smashes it in and yeah. it's just like what the fuck are you doing he just I mean it's not I'll give him his credit he's being played out of position but there is something about why is he still being played is it because he's I am the bigger I mean you watch any interview with him and he's like he's some kind of 30 goal a season slatting in Brimovich and he's like you're fucking Aidan O'Brien. What, what, who do you think you are? Delusional. You're, you're playing for the Millwall. <laughs> right, it's not one half the because you weren't being here before it was. He had a poor game. Um, I, I, I don't have it quite in for Aidan O'Brien to your level, Harry. I, 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 I know what you mean. He's, he is being played out of position. He's, he's not a winger. And I, I think, um, you know, there's an issue there. I think it's, it's managers often try and um, they want to play what they see as their best team and Aidan O'Brien is you know his goal scoring record in itself is um, I think that does his talking for him when he's played in in the right position but you know no by no means is he the uh, is he as Latan you know he is a he's a third division striker isn't he with a little bit of a hint of promise of being a bit more than that if only he could devote himself to it um, I didn't notice him yesterday so maybe that's that's the biggest condemnation for his performance yesterday um, when he let, when he went off the pitch um, I actually hadn't noted anything that he'd done in the whole game so um, I suppose that speaks volumes doesn't it 
Yeah, I mean, I have the unfortunateness that he was next to me in the old, the second half. And uh, <laughs> we didn't play left midfield and me sitting back on the halfway line. He spends a lot of his time meandering around there like some kind of little boy lost. It was like watching, I don't know, like an under nines game and he's not getting the ball and I'm very upset. And now I'm going to look <laughs> at my dad and kept looking at Harris on the touchline like, mm, please help me. I don't I, know what I'm doing. I'm just looking at the news at Den. They have like an online uh, marks out of 10 page. Um, so this is like people can vote. And on yesterday's ratings, Aidan O'Brien got a 4.1 from the uh, the collection. As high as that? As high yeah. as that. I um, 1.4 would have been fair. The lowest, the lowest rating in the in the squad yesterday. I mean, Jordan Archie got 4.7. I, I I find that interesting because I, I, I we were just saying off air, Harry. Um, I I don't know what's become of Jordan. He's a, he's a bit of a shadow of the goalkeeper that we saw last season. I, I don't know whether it's the um, you know, the lack of competition. I mean, Harris in his post match comments refers to. Um, the increased competition for places amongst the squad, which, and I suppose he alone, of all the players and all the positions, has the least competition because um, Tom King doesn't cut it, does he? No, Tom King's awful. Um, I think we've got a problem, a massive problem in the goalkeeping sticks. If you call Ford back, I'm presuming Ford's on massive money, so that's presumably why he's been shoved out. Yeah, yeah. Um, and a Ford come back and was as good as he was when he was good. You'd have competition. But yeah. We all know the problem is, is that it's like whoever gets the middle number one goalkeeping spot, we we seem to have like this dip in form where no one can sit on the middle number two sort of keeping role and be any good. I mean, the last time I think we had anyone who was particularly competent at being a number two was probably before like Archer and Full last season, but Full was shit last season, so I yeah. don't think you can count that. I think it was when we back when we had Tony Warner and Willie Gary. Willie Gary, yeah. Yeah, I think that was the last time we had sort of a decent oh right, he weren't a great goalkeeper, but he wouldn't make he was solid. Whereas I think now we've got Archers playing I mean, I didn't go Tuesday night, I had no. family things, so I um I saw the goals online and it's it's a it's almost the same strike. It it's not particularly I mean, it struck at him, but it's yeah. not particularly in the corner and it goes through the middle of his hands. I mean, I think that's like goalkeeping 101 is keep your hands together and if you cut, if you can get anything on it, get it on it. I mean, it's, yeah. almost, it's almost better that it hits him and goes in, you know what I mean? At least he gets there, but it just goes straight through his hands. I, I, I don't know. I haven't seen the goals from yesterday. I mean, obviously, the two penalties, um, um, you know, we'll, we'll talk about those in a moment. But the, the, the goal that we conceded to Fleetwood, which gave them a, a little route back into a game they should have been shut out of, I haven't seen that. So I'm going purely on my failing memory, um, which, uh, you know, with, with my cold condition and my ageing aging years um, fails me at times. But um, there was a shot from the edge of the penalty area. So I'm, I'm, I'm thinking myself, there was no one closing down the Fleetwood striker on the edge of the penalty area. And also it seems to have gone past um, Archer, obviously, in, in, in the top uh, right-hand corner. And it looked a decent strike in real time. I'd like to see it again, because I don't know where the, 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 fault, the blame allocation goes there. I mean, the, the, the kind of collective around me were um, talking about Archer being at fault there. I, I don't know if you have a different take on that at all. Yeah, I mean, I'm sort of the opposite side from you. So it was like Ferguson sort of half cleared. They, they got lucky. I think it was like a lucky break of the ball kind of thing. Ferguson went to clear say and got deflected, yeah. rolled past Aidan O'Brien and sort of between, I think he got it between sort of Thompson was closing down, but it, it sort of rolled across him in a sort of, oh, well, I'm going to fucking hit this. And he sort of hit it. And I don't know, it sort of ballooned up. And it weren't it, it was hit hard, but it weren't it like a thunderbolt, 
you know what I mean? And it was it was yeah. a nice sight. It were it weren't it weren't right in the corner. And he sort of just I don't know, it was almost like Archer sort of dived dived too early and got deceived by the pace of the ball and then forgot to put his hands there. It sort of went through the middle of him and right. I don't Okay. I don't know if it's sort of the, the trick of the light or, or something caught him out, but he seems to be getting caught out with shots. I mean, you can't really blame. Uh, it was closed down, so you know sometimes you have to take your out off. If it looks like a, I haven't seen it again, but if it looks like a good strike, then you have to go. Well, they've had one shot on goal all day and it's gone in. You know what I mean? But yeah. I mean, sometimes sometimes I think we've got this culture that we've had all season that when we don't keep clean sheets, people are like, oh, it's fucking this person's fault or it's that person's fault. Sometimes you have to hold your hands up and say, fuck me, what a goal. Do you, do you know what I mean? Well, that I was my reaction in real time, and as I said, I haven't seen it, so you know I'll stand to be corrected and. Listeners will probably have seen it by the time I get to hear the show, and they might be saying, what a load of shit. But I, in, in real time, it looked like a, a fairly decent strike from just outside the penalty area. My instinct in the moment was, well, maybe a defender should have been a yard or two closer to that strike, and sometimes you're going to get these goals. And, you know, whether Archer could have done better for it, I, I don't know. I mean, Harris, interestingly, in his, um, Neil Harris, in his press conference after the game, um, kind of picks up on this. He says, I don't know if Jordan was unsighted, it looks like he gets a hand to it. There are fine margins. Fortunately, we scored two today. There's no blame culture. It's about taking responsibility and being better, which kind of implies there is a bit of blame flying around there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, that implies that when he says there's no blame culture, that means that he's definitely been on Twitter and he definitely knows that people are calling him a cunt. That's, that's what it means. Well, was, there was a few of those around me. Um, I mean, I, I don't know. He's gone off the boil this season, and I, I can only think it's the lack of competition um, that's not. It's taken away his edge. Maybe he needs he needs someone to. Um, maybe he needs a, a, I don't know, dropping or something. But then, we, as you say, we bring in Tom King, and that that's calamity Jane time, isn't it? Um, so it's difficult. Um, he got a four point seven yesterday from on the news at Den's ratings. I think that's probably a fair call overall for him. I think it's a little bit harsh. I think he didn't do. I, I, I don't think if you make one mistake as a goalkeeper, it makes you instantaneous. They all get, what, sixes or sevens every week, and then because they make one mistake, they suddenly become a four. It's in the nature, of, nature of the position, mate. It's the, uh, yeah, that it's is. the standalone, think, isn't it? You know? I think he's, I mean, let's, let's rate it. I mean, they did, when the last 10 minutes, I think Archer come and clattered a couple of people sort of with crosses and whatever, which you wouldn't have seen Ford doing, which sometimes no, gives you a little no, bit more, no. little bit more security, especially with our back four. Sometimes I think, fuck me, how bad would we have been if we had had this back four when Ford was sort of <laughs> making his, I'll save everything that should go in and let everything that should be saved in time. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, the two penalties, I mean, I, I go from one extreme to the other on, on both of the penalties. I can confirm very, very, very definitely that the penalty against um, Fred for the first goal was a definite penalty because I had a great view of that and I saw the shirt being tugged in real time. Am I instinct as I saw it was that should be a penalty and the referee gave it so well done to him for, for spotting that and seeing it and, and, and taking the uh, the decision um, nicely put away by uh, Lee Gregory for 1-0 <clears throat> and I saw absolutely nothing of the second incident all I could see was a like a mound of players on the floor and, um, and, and the referee I couldn't tell in the moment whether he's pointing to the spot or not and of course he was so I, I don't know what happened in the, for the second incident at all did you get any view of the of the second penalty age? Uh, yeah I saw the second penalty because I had to bet on Webster to score so um, right, okay. uh, so I was watching Webster with keen interest going to attack it and the, he was going to be on the end of it I mean and the bloke just decided that he was going right, to instead okay. of watching the ball just decided to grab him, him and, right, okay. and Webster went down like a sack of shit and for once the referee gave it but yeah. um, a little bit on the first penalty I thought that was 
going back to the Romeo uh, link up with Fred, I mean, Fred normally, the criticism people seem to shout at Rami is that he don't get going early enough. He waits for the ball to be in his feet. He won't go yeah. before the ball comes to him. Yeah. And he ran off He ran off his man and Romeo threw it into him lovely, like over the top of two players' heads. And he took it down lovely. And then, as you said, he got, he got brought down. Yeah. But it reminds me a bit of like when Paul Weifel started. You know what I mean? It was like everyone thought he was shit, and then all of a sudden he sort of learned. It clicked, yeah. It yeah. clicked and it went. And I think yeah. Fred's a little bit like that. He's not. He looks a little bit like his character is a little bit sort of soft for a Millwall player. Mm. It's not to say that there's anything wrong with that, but he's still young. I, I, a lot of these players, you know, we, we you forget Thompson and O'Brien, I suppose, and and Fred. They're like. That this is 19, all they've ever known. Yeah, yeah they're not even 20 this yet. is all they've ever known. So no. there no. is there is promise there. I mean, the problem is, is if Fred shows too much promise, he won't be here. <laughs> that's, that's no, he's got to show just just promise enough. No, I mean, I, I make you right. I remember Kenny Jacket years ago. I went to a like an evening exec lounge talk with Kenny, and the, the, the one thing that stuck in my mind was he described the uh, the footballers' trade, and he used the word trade. You know, specifically, because I mean, like in any other trade, any, you know, from plumbing, electricians to you name it, you don't know your trade at 19. And that, and I think that was a point he was making at that time. And you can make it about Fred. He, he, he is learning um, the running into space. He seems to be improving. Um, and I think if he can carry on with his development and he's showing more and more promise as games go past, I think he, he you know, we're starting to see the first, what we first saw when he first arrived in the team. I, I think it's a fantastic um Weapon to have down that right side, combined with Marlon, who we know about already. So well done to Fred. Fred got a what did he get there? He got six point eight on the um, News at Den ratings, which I think is probably um, probably a touch high. But anyway, we'll, I'll let him have it. Yeah, we won't. We won't. We'll, 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 that, we'll, 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 we'll give that for promise. That, that's fine <laughs> for promise. We'll we'll, let, we'll allow a load of things for promise. I think that we'll, that's the that's the that's the that's the one that gets you, and it is the hope that kills you. With so that kills you. Um, I mean, top rating yesterday, Sean Williams, star man. He's got 7.8. Lee Gregory, who I thought played well yesterday for me. I, I, I wouldn't fight anyone that picked Sean Williams, but Gregory for me was my choice, just purely for burying the two goals. Probably should have had a third goal shortly after that second penalty. There was an opportunity where he's nicely put through, he loves, actually. He loves a one-on-one, doesn't he? <laughs> <laughs> I think when he gets too much time to think about it, it's like a lot of strikers, actually. It seems to be um, part of the... Um, the thing to be a striker is it's almost an instinctive thing. When he gets time, he he, he slightly loses it. Yeah, he, he does. I, I'd be interested. What did Tom get? Thompson got um, seven point six. So we're talking about just a few, you know, tenths of points apart from any any of those three. Really, I thought he played very well yesterday, Ben Thompson. Yeah, I thought he done brilliantly. I've noticed that he's taken on the horrible little bastard role, which I quite like. He's um, suited for it. He's suited for it. I think, you know, he's got energy. He brings real, um, I called it mojo. I think that's what it brings. S- stuff will happen when Ben Thompson's playing and that's what you need. Um, he's played wide left on Tuesday night and he looked a little bit lost out there. Nothing was happening as a consequence, but Ben in the side makes stuff happen and that's that's what we need at this level anyway. He just needs energy and movement. And something will something will break, something will fall as a consequence. Yeah, I mean, he got a. I think he got clattered in the face first half. I saw he was bleeding. Yeah. And the uh, bloke that done it when he came back on, there was no sort of. I know he got sent off a couple of weeks ago or whatever, which I thought was harsh in real time. Yeah. Um, which I then saw afterwards was definitely a yellow card, so he definitely should have been sent off. <laughs> um, but the uh, he he sort of the bloke who had done it, I think, 
sort of went to shake his hand afterwards. And instead of shaking his hand, he gave him the ball in the chest and flicked his nuts with the other hand. He's real, thought, real, real, wall, real, 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 that's, that's it. That's Dennis Wise, whatever, whoever you want to say, horrible little cunt. Yeah, that's right. That's that's, that's that's what we want. Uh, that's what we've 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 lacked. And you know, if if he again, he's a young boy. He's, he's not really, um, you know, he's going to grow into that role. He's got tricks to learn. Um, I mean, Harris, I always thought improved as a player when Dennis Wise taught him the dark arts of the game. And, he, you know, he, he kind of carried that on into his maturity in the, as, as a player. And I think Ben will be the same. There's there's tricks and there's falls and there's little little moments like that where you wind up the opposition. That's what he, he can develop into. Fair play Yeah, to him. definitely. But um, there we are. Um, so a win's a win. Um, we also, one last thing, we saw the arrival of Sean Hutchinson very, very late in the game, 90th minute. One of the um, stream of defenders or defensive-minded players coming into the game, the arrival of Sean Hutchinson on the 90th minute. Um, Harris named him. I think he must see him as the um, as the the kind of um, the replacement for Mark Beavers that we've all been talking about, and that will probably push Craig perhaps leftwards or perhaps out of out of the first team. I don't know. Probably leftwards if um, Hutchinson's fit enough on uh, at Oxford next week. He seemed to catch a couple of big headers in that late period when they were a little bit of pressure in the last few seconds. Yeah, I thought I thought the back well the back three centre halves that we had they brought on some seven foot Goliath, didn't they? Yeah. He was massive. He was yeah. like the Hoff but could header. Um, <laughs> Hoff with talent. <laughs> Hoff with talent, yeah, and about fifty stone as well. Um, but yeah, I mean Tony Craig beat him in the air, which meant instantaneously, and then smacked him round the face for good measure. So I was like, oh, well, that's not too bad. At least you got there. But Hutchinson, um, I, I don't know. Is he? Maybe he's a ball player. So he don't look overly tall but then I suppose Webster is six foot four so I suppose it makes you think anyone's quite small compared to him but um <laughs> I, I don't know I think Martin Martin isn't Mill's first choice left back for me don't seem to I, be does he no um I don't know I, I mean it might end up working out for the best if, if Hutchinson comes into <clears throat> to be at centre half then you move Craig out to the left which at least I mean people can't Craig off for being not talking or not doing no, anything, no. but then some people seem to think Martin's some kind of saviour because he clatters people all the time. But that's yeah. what Tony Craig used to do, so I, I don't, yeah. I don't get that. But Ferguson's never been a left back for me, and um, I think he's much better suited to sort of being the overlapping. He's an attack-minded player. Yeah, yeah, he's more yeah. of a. I don't know. He's not really a left midfielder either. He's a proper wing back, yeah. like what Northern Ireland play him in. But if we're not going to play him like that, I suppose at least it would shore up. Sure, up the left hand side. If we had sort of two defence mind, sort of a defensive minded left back in behind him, rather than sort of Martin, who seems to either go forward or get caught out or tackle someone at chest height and get away with it. Um, but I don't, I don't know. I think Hutchinson coming back, whatever happens, is a good thing um, because we we all know the main reason why we're not up the top end of the table is because we can't defend. Conceding, so. conceding <laughs> <Yeah>. goals. <laughs> That's it. A <clears throat> couple of tweaks to finish us off here, Harry. I mean, Mill halfway on on that very point says that Hutchinson is a unit. He seems desperate to play and with a defence that still looks desperately fragile, I hope it can be part of the solution. I think that's probably about right. Um, if he can merge into that central part of defence, if he can get a little bit more cohesion across the back line, that should improve Archer's confidence. And that, as you say, that should, we should start to start keeping these these clean sheets that um, everyone is is you know is, is, is seeing as, as the problem at the moment. Um, James Humphrey says a win's a win, but that was another poor performance in his eyes. Um, 
That sounds a little hard. Wins a win, but another poor performance. Um, Omar Ronane says points to the only outcome that mattered today, but I think we'll need a bit more Oxford next 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 Saturday. Um, Craig King says Sean Williams was the driving force behind Millwall yesterday. So much relieved. I think three points get away from that relegation zone a little bit anyway. And on to Oxford next week. Um, another big game actually next week, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. I mean, we're only five points off the playoffs and we have got a game in hand, which which everyone seems to be forgetting. I think this league is a bit, if you win three on the bounce, you'll be there. If you lose three on the bounce, you'll be where you don't want to be kind of thing. I don't think there's, I don't think there's a lot of quality. I mean, we're coming up no. to halfway through the season and no. I don't think anyone that I've seen has been magnificent. I think the best football inside I've seen is Bradford or Coventry. Yeah, Bradford looked decent. Um, Bolton didn't look bad on Tuesday, but we made them look better than maybe they they should have been. I think if we'd have had half a decent defence on, on Tuesday, we would have been in with a shout of points there, of one, one sort or another. I think you're right. It's, it's a fairly mediocre division. Um, and we're not much worse than, and we're not much better than many of the, the teams that we're going to be up against. It's going to come down to X factors like the, the, the sheer drive and willpower of the team, and if they can get the fans on side a little bit more than they have been of late, then um, who knows? Who knows? Christmas, Christmas looms. Be nice to um, be, you know, kind of more mid-table looking upwards by Christmas, won't it? Yeah, if we if we get, it's always the same though with us. If we get a sniff of the playoffs, suddenly everyone cheers up. It's hysteria right, takes hold, doesn't it? <laughs> that's it. That's it. And then we have to go to fucking Wembley. So um, yeah, there we there we go. We, we'll enjoy that come May, hopefully. Fucking no, I won't enjoy that come May. I don't. I, I don't think we will enjoy awful. it, mate. Nice one, Harry. See you later. Mate. Really appreciate you coming on the show, Harry. Um, well done to you, mate. And um, I'll speak to you again very very soon. I hope. Yeah, mate. See you later. All the best. You've been listening to Octoon Millwall, the CBL Magazine podcast. That's the Millwall News this week, and we are out of here. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.